You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to the preview podcast for this upcoming week. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard getting you ready for game day on Saturday. We don't know if you're listening on a Thursday or a Friday. Again, we released these previews a little bit earlier than usual, just so everyone has a little bit of time to get to it. But we thank you for listening. We know, Tim, we got a great tweet from over, or actually over the night, last night, yeah, when we released our podcast, uh, getting into some of the DeVito stuff from a day ago, and it comes from a new listener, at jshu underscore 13, said, hey, I, I'm a new listener to the show, had no idea there was a Locked on Syracuse, and then gave a little bit of his personal analysis of Tommy DeVito. So all, all new listeners are welcome. Tell your friends. It's the greatest way to spread the word, but you can check us out at LO underscore Syracuse if you want all the latest updates from the podcast as well. We're, we're going to start doing some more guests and stuff like that too as things get going on. Yeah. But we are getting you ready for Pitt. And Tim, I got to say, there could not be a worse week to be playing the Pitt Panthers. You know why? Because Pitt has a very good pass rush and we have a bad well, offensive line. <laughs> on top of that, just to get into the kind of the karma of everything. Oh, the too, COVID thing. I don't know if yeah. you saw this during the week, yes, but scientists from Pitt have developed an antibody that completely and specifically neutralizes COVID-19 and it should lead to a drug. So this could be a, a potential cure, hopefully, for all of our craziness right now going on with COVID-19. Yeah. We so, had those people that uh, made those things, that Syracuse company that disinfected the, stadiums. The drones, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are those yeah. guys at? We yeah, your move, all right? Th- this is a giant game of medical chess going on right now. So it's, <laughs> it's up to the, those folks with the, with the drones now to, to get something going right now. Anyway, so... When we actually dive into what happens on the field for this game, there's a lot to like with this Pitt team. And I say that as if you are a Pitt fan, because they've got an absolutely dominant defense. Sure, they shut out an Austin Peay team from a week ago from the FCS ranks, a non-conference game, the only non-conference game they're going to get all season long. But they did just a ton of really good things. Sure, the numbers weren't super gaudy in that game. I mean, I think they only had three total sacks for a team that's got a dominant defensive line. But... They also, I wouldn't say they were rolling with the A-team from start to finish, whereas against Syracuse, an in-conference team, a team that, not that they're going to take them more seriously, but you're going to, this game means a lot more than that non-conference game did. And you just look at some of the numbers across the board. I mean, the running backs, they split those carries seemingly top to bottom. I'm trying to look right now and do some quick math, but it looks like nine different guys got a carry in that game. Um and so when you take that into account and, and all the different guys that in, in the receiving game as well, I'm, I'm looking through here, you got what, three, six, not 10 different receivers caught a pass in this game. So they've got a variety of weapons on offense, but it is the defense that scares me the most about this pit team. Yeah, I mean, I think some of those numbers on the variety of weapons is because of Austin P, like you were saying. Correct, yeah. So. Yeah, the defense, I mean, they've got eight starters back on that unit that ranked first in sacks last year, 3.92 per game. That's first in the entire nation, not just the ACC. This is literally, according to Athlon Sports, according to high publications that know a lot about college football, one of the best defensive lines in the entire country that Syracuse right. will be playing. So, yeah, not just ACC. Right, It's a, and that 
that would include like Big Ten, even though we know they're coming back. They're not like every team that is out there in, in Division One football, FBS football, I guess I should say. They are one of the best. So ninth in tackles for a loss last year. They were 11th in pass efficiency rating, 12th in rushing yards allowed, top 15 also in total yards allowed, 312.9 per game the defense gave up last season. And you bring back a good chunk of their pass rush. Paris Ford at safety is every bit as good as Andre Sisco, a little bit different player. He's a hard hitter that's more known as a run stopper, maybe not quite as much of a ball hawk as Sisco, but... Another great safety, so it'd be interesting to watch those two play just from a football fan perspective. But yeah, this is a tough matchup, man. I mean, this is a nightmare matchup when you consider how the offensive line looked pretty shaky again in week one, and DeVito wasn't getting the ball out at the rate that we would have liked to have seen, considering he's in his fourth year with the program. And now Pitt is just going to send the house, I think. I think they're going to blitz a ton. That's what they do, so I'm worried about it. Right. Especially because when you look at their team from an experience standpoint, I mean, that defensive line, you got senior, senior, talented sophomore Devin Danielson, and then another senior on that defensive line. But once you start to get to some of the other positions, it's still experience. I mean, the linebackers, you got a couple upperclassmen there, the secondary, but the talent isn't as strong as it is on the defensive line because you're looking at guys all ACC, maybe even an All-American sprinkled in there as well at the on the defensive line meanwhile in the secondary that that's where they're a little more vulnerable and that's why I think Syracuse might be able to hang in there a little bit more than some people may think just because of the fact that if Syracuse can get if Tommy DeVito can get the ball out quickly then you give yourself a chance against some of these inexperienced cornerbacks on the outside and maybe you can win a couple battles maybe your receivers can make a couple plays for you as well um but another thing that I'm looking for in this matchup is going to be how that defensive line and the offensive line, the defensive line of Pitt, the offensive line of Syracuse, what's that clash going to be like? And does it need to be much of a battle? Can DeVito get that ball out in time so that he can kind of neutralize the strength of this Pitt defense? Yeah, for sure. Offensively for Pitt, just to touch on that real quick, I think a lot of fans will remember that Pitt is a run heavy team and that's kind of their tradition. Well, since they've added this new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, who's now in his second year, they've kind of changed their identity a little bit on offense. They're trying to get faster, more explosive, more pass heavy. Last year, they did not run the ball well at all, and they admitted that they're going to try and get a little bit better at running, but it's still with Kenny Pickett in what feels like his eighth year under center for <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's been there forever. They have a knack for that. Well, I mean, the quarterback before that was Max Brown. And yeah. he was in college for ages. <laughs> right. So I would say this is a pit offense that is a little bit different than maybe what we're used to in this quote unquote rivalry because they will look to pass the ball. And Kenny Pickett is kind of a polarizing QB because he's had some very good stretches and some very poor stretches. But overall, at this point, given that he's a veteran and he has progressed, unlike our guy TD McCoy a little bit. He is he's gotten better over time. So I would say that Pitt Pitt will do a balanced attack against Syracuse, but don't expect them to just play smash mouth football like we used to see with Quadriolison and Darren Hall when they ran all over Syracuse with the option and stuff. I mean Kenny Pickett can run a little bit too, but they've got AJ Davis as kind of their lead back and 
lead back is maybe even exaggerating a little bit because, like you said, they'll run a lot of guys out there at running back. They and, don't really have a, a slam dunk running back like they've had in the past. Right. I mean, just look at their depth chart for this upcoming week. When you go to that running back position, you've got A.J. Davis as the starter slotted in. But after that, you've got four guys with an or designation. So that entire backfield is kind of, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You've got a blend of guys. You've got Literally guys at every single level. You've got a freshman, you've got a sophomore, you've got a junior, and you've got a senior in that backfield. And guess what? They all very well could be seeing some snaps in the upcoming week. And I think the thing that you bring up that's interesting is you talk about this, how Kenny Pickett is probably going to throw the ball a little bit more than we're used to out of this rivalry. And the smash mouth football isn't necessarily their M.O., And Pat Narduzzi came out this week, and he says that he thinks Kenny Pickett is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the entire country. He may have even said the most underrated quarterback in the entire country. But I'm not putting Kenny Pickett up there among the best. If there's one place that Syracuse can maybe win a a little battle here, it's Kenny Pickett versus the Orange defensive backs. Because I I think there's a lot more talent in the SU secondary than there is under center for Pitt. So watch that matchup in this game can they make Kenny Pickett make some bad decisions because while he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions it's not like his touchdown to interception ratio is some astounding number I mean last year he had a 13 to 9 year before that 12 to 6 and then the year before that I'm not going to really count it because it was 1 to 1 he only played in four games so a 25 to 15 eh, solid doesn't blow you away so there are going to be opportunities if this pit team stays true to form and what they want to do and really throw this football, they're going to have some opportunities, that being the Syracuse secondary, to make some plays and get this offense a chance at some short fields and create points. And then it's up to the offense to kind of execute that. But I'm going to be very interested to see how this Syracuse defense matches up with this pit offense. Yeah, I think if you were to ask a Pitt fan, they go 8-5 and five last year. It's a big year for them. Pat Narduzzi, I think, is, I mean, he's got a much cooler seat now. There was some talk of him going to Michigan State, but still, you'd like to see them take a leap this year because they do bring back so much talent on defense. And the question mark for them is how much can they get out of Kenny Pickett and Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator on the offensive side of the ball now in their second year? Will they improve? Will they take a leap there? Let's start with this. What does Pitt need to do? to answer or to win this game here. So I would say Pitt, they need to bring the house and just get DeVito rattled, which is what they, what I anticipate will happen. I think I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen that way. But I think when you watch back the film, if you're the Pitt defensive coordinator, you just want to keep sending blitzes because actually when I went through and when UNC rushed four at Syracuse, they were four, even three. Yeah, or even three. There was that one stretch right before the half where DeVito should have hit Anthony Queerly on a deep ball to put Syracuse up 10 to 6 or 10 to 3, whatever it would have been at that point. They would have had the lead going in halftime. It's like four minutes left in the first half. If I encourage people to go back and watch it because watch every play. Pitt runs or rushes four because they're kind of playing like not prevent, but they're just playing a little more cautious given the context of the game. And Syracuse and DeVito get consistent offensive plays. It's like their best drive of the game, and they should have had the touchdown on that drive. Right. I would say, yeah, I'm with you. If Pitt can bring the pressure, get to DeVito, sack the quarterback, 
then they've got a, well, they don't have a real chance. Like, they will win the game. Like, if this is how it transpired last year when Pitt goes out, gets nine sacks, Pitt is going to win this game. And it's not even going to be close. Like, this could get out of hand really early. And I think on top of that, I mean, if you just make DeVito uncomfortable all day, this is is not going to be much of a contest, especially because that defensive line is so disruptive. They can be great in the running attack, too. So they, if they can shut down DeVito that way, guess what? The running game is, is not going to solve a bunch of problems for Syracuse. And I think we saw that from a week ago. All right, coming up next, we will dive into what Syracuse needs to do to combat this pit team. And we will also give you our prop shop picks. That's coming up in just a little bit. But first, we got to tell you about our favorite protein bar on the market. That, of course, is the one, the only Built Bar. You know, Tim, everyone needs a pick-me-up after a workout. Just like sometimes the Syracuse offense needs a little pick-me-up after running around and maybe some three-and-outs out there, you need a pick-me-up too. And what better way to do it than with Built Bar? 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and the best part is that it tastes just like a candy bar. Yeah, I hope that uh, Syracuse's offensive line went deep into the Built Bar flavors this week and and is getting ready for Pittsburgh by bulking up but doing it in like a health-conscious way. I mean, we've talked about it enough. It's a protein bar that literally tastes like a candy bar, and you can't find any better tasting protein bar out there. So right now, for a limited time, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Switching gears now to the Syracuse side of things. Well, it's going to be a tough battle. I mean, we've already seen the Vegas line out there. 21 and a half seems to be the number that things are falling on out in the desert. Or I guess I feel like uh, sports gambling now is legalized across yeah, the country. Yeah, it's going much, countrywide so. for sure. Yeah, so uh, across the country we're seeing a, a 21 and a half point line heading into this contest with Pitt. So we know where, where Vegas's head is, but... When you look at Syracuse and in this matchup, I think there are a couple things that this team can exploit. And it starts in the passing game. I want to see if Tommy DeVito can get that ball out in two and a half seconds or less. Because, and I again, someone may be listening to this and say, well, the, how is he supposed to have success doing that? Well, that's kind of how this offense has success. Think about with Eric Dungy and think about the times when DeVito was really good or even a guy like Zach Mahoney and and Clayton Welch. This offense functioned really well when they were getting the ball out in two and a half seconds. Two to two and a half. Maybe I'll give you three seconds too. When that ball comes out, you can scan a couple of options really quickly. That's when this offense thrives and it's going to be on the receivers to kind of take advantage of some of these matchups. I, I think Syracuse has the upper hand and experience when it comes to the receivers and who they're going up against on the other side in the pit secondary they're going to have some advantages there so as much as you'd like to see the orange start to have some success finally running the ball I think if DeVito can get that ball out quickly and essentially neutralize all of the talent on that front four for the Panthers then you're looking at Syracuse being able to at least get you some points then it might become an issue of can the defense contain Pitt's well-balanced attack Yeah, to me, what I'm looking for Syracuse to do in this game is get a little more creative in play calling and make sure that DeVito has options right away to get the ball out. I think they do that for the most part, but 
However, you have to get it through his head that you've got to get the ball out quicker in this game. And you've got to look over the middle. You've got to go through your progressions and just be a little more instinctive in this game. Because as we know, Pitt's defense is just better than Syracuse's offensive line. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. If you were to play this game for eight hours, Pitt would just consistently be better. So what does Syracuse have to do? They've got to occasionally be great, as as Dino Babers says to avoid. I, I joke a little, but I'm serious. Like, they have to hit some home run plays in this game because they're not going to beat Pittsburgh by just milking the clock and constantly getting third downs and just going down the field each time, like 80-yard drive, 80-yard drive, 10-play drives, 10-play drives, because at a certain point, Pittsburgh is just going to show that they're better. I mean, it's hard to consistently be better when Pittsburgh has such an advantage in the trenches. So I do think, like you said, Taj Harris, as he did last year when, when they played Pittsburgh and Clayton Welch was the quarterback during that play, he can get free in this game. Send him deep and try to get some home run plays. Whether it's I don't even calling. think you necessarily have to send him deep, though, because yeah, just I think over we've the seen this time and time again. Or... Yeah. Taj Taj can make plays happen on his own. Yeah, and after the catch, you don't sure. Need to, you don't need to send him on, on a fly route or, or something like that. You can get him on a short little dig or a screen or, or something over the middle, a little drag, and he can make something happen for you. I agree. I, all I'm saying is they've got to hit some plays that are like a 50-yard touchdown here. Right. Or no, I totally agree. A 40-yard I don't care how it happens. Here. Is it 50 yards in the air or is it five yards in the air? I don't right. care. They need some home runs here. You're right. And to me, that goes down to the play calling. And like a lot of people have brought up to us on Twitter, you've got to be able to not not just run every time on first down. Don't just run it up the middle. I mean, right now it's a run, run, sack, punt. That's basically what they're doing. Or run, run, DeVito throws it away, punt. Or it's run, short pass for nothing, and then sack. I mean, it's been very predictable that they're running on first down or they're running on those standard downs. And I know that's very important to get the offense clicking. I understand why they're trying to do it, but it's not working. So either switch up how you're running and the nature in which you're calling these run plays, maybe get Jawar more outside of the tackles, try and get creative. I mean, this is going to test Syracuse's offensive minds there, including the new coordinator, Gilbert. But I mean, my concern is, it's week two and the playbook's slim because of what happened this offseason. They didn't have a ton of time. You could tell the playbook was slim last year. So I think it's asking for something that they probably can't deliver right now. And that's where it gets to how are you going to create these 40, 50 yard plays against a very good defense where you're going to bit beat in the trenches probably again. And listen, this is not going to be like Syracuse pit games in the past where maybe, oh, you can win a little rock fight here and your defense can just be better. No, the offense is going to have to come to play. If Syracuse produces the same offense that it had a week ago, it stands zero chance. And just for some context, I mean, Syracuse last week was the worst Power 5 offense. They were the second lowest scoring team of anyone that played among the FBS. There, You had UTEP, who put up three points, and that's it among teams that are in the FBS. They were one of five teams from a week ago without a touchdown, and that includes FCS teams. So, And then among the 18 Power 5 schools that played, they're the only one without a touchdown. 
You need to get the ball in the end zone. And it sounds so elementary. It sounds stupid. It sounds cliche, but you need six. The red zone efficiency needs to improve from what it was a week ago when it was among the worst in the country. I mean, it's embarrassing. You know, Syracuse, as as the university, they run a promotion every Monday in their bookstore. And for (laughs) however many points Syracuse scores, that's what percent off you get at the bookstore. Those students got a 6% discount this <laughs> It shouldn't even week. be advertised. Like, that's a slap in the face. I'd rather pay full price, I think, than get the 6% discount. Uh, like, th- isn't that embarrassing? I mean, yeah. that's what... And I'm not saying Syracuse, you should be playing for, for students' discounts at the bookstore or whatever. Right, but, right. I mean, these are these are trying times, Tim. Everyone can use a break here or there. But, yeah, but 6%, what I'm saying here, come on. Yeah, <laughs> is, come on. Let's get these kids, like, a, a 30% discount or, or, like, a 25% discount. Something like that, because... When you look at this offense, they had the opportunities to score. The amount of times that they just got stifled or were left just outside the red zone and they were put in opportunities to score. I mean, you get two turnovers, three turnovers, I should say. You should be scoring more than six points. You won the turnover battle from a week ago and you could not cover a 23 and a half point spread. And to me, that needs to change for this upcoming week if if this team wants to have any sort of chance to, to pull this out. So I'm going to be looking at what can they do offensively and how quickly can DeVito get the ball out. And that's going to be my key for this team to thrive. Yeah, for me, it's the home run plays. And then I'll also add that DeVito, it's sad, but we kind of have to treat him at this point like he's a freshman quarterback. And what I mean by that is, you know how if it's like a big Super Bowl game and you've got a first-year guy in the Super Bowl, they say, all right, let's just give him a short check-down pass. Let's give him a slant early. Let's just give him something that he knows the play, Get he rolling, knows his yeah. reads. Yeah, you've got to make sure. I know Dino kind of likes the script plays. Not sure what Gilbert's philosophy is on that, but I'm sure it's probably kind of aligned in that regard. Let's make sure that the first four plays, first three plays – it's just easy for DeVito. Let's get his confidence up because once he's confident and he's slinging it like he was in 2018, he's got all the talent in the world. He's got all the tools. We know it's in there. We know it's mental. Yes. So, so just get that confidence up. Like I I know they tried to get Nikeem involved early in the last game. They tried to get like a swing route to him, that type of stuff. Almost you do a skill position players, Let's make sure DeVito is just very confident in those first three plays, what his reads are, what the matchups are. And obviously Pitt's going to throw some wrinkles at him, but just hope that he can gauge it a little bit better and then get off to a good start. Because DeVito just has to flat out be better. If this team wants to win games this year, he has to be better than he was in week one. And it was week one, so he should improve. But I mean, it was not a good start. And like I said earlier in the week, it feels like a confidence thing because we've seen him make the throws. We've seen him be an accurate guy, both in the short and in the the deep ball. This this is not the Tommy DeVito that we saw from a couple of years ago. And I don't want to say he's regressed, but he sure as hell hasn't gotten better. And that's, I think, the most frustrating part of this entire process for the Orange is the fact that this was supposed to be some sort of savior guy. And you're not seeing the progress that you were expecting out of a guy like DeVito. So we'll see. I I think if he can play confident, because he can't play scared against this Pitt team, if they see a sign of weakness on the field, that's blood in the water for them. They'll just keep going after it. they're going to attack it, yeah. And and I think the the entire Pitt defense and the defensive staff over there is going to be looking to do that once again 
with Tommy DeVito if they can replicate the same performance they had from a season ago. All right, coming up next, our favorite part of the preview pod. It is the prop shop. We will go over the correct answers from a week ago, and we'll also give you our picks for this upcoming week with our specialty props going against uh, the Pitt Panthers this week. That's coming up in just a little bit. All right, time for everybody's favorite part of the show. We get to make our make-believe props for the Syracuse football game against Pitt. Let's just recap real quickly uh, what the results were from a week ago. So tough right week. now, I, I, it was a <laughs> tough week. We each go three and four. I have the slight advantage here because I cashed once again on an Andre Cisco debut interception at the plus two hundred price that you gave me, Tim. So I will. Take that and, and take a quick $40 lead on you. Again, neither of us made money from a week ago, but we yeah. don't have to discuss that. So we, <laughs> we hit the over in sacks. We also hit the under on the game total. And then you were correct in saying that Chris Elmore would spend every single snap at that left guard spot. So let's now get into this week's. And we will start with this. We're going to go with how many sacks will this Syracuse offensive line allow over under being set at a hefty, hefty, hefty seven and a half. Ugh. It hurts to hear you say it. And, you know, I kind of set this over under, and I would say Vegas would probably put it at six and a half, but I knew that we were both leaning over as is. So I tried to put it at a tough number for us to make a call. And I think I'm going to go under <laughs> because seven and a half is just so much. I do think that. That's going to be a huge storyline coming away from this game yet again is Pitt's defense overshadowing and just demolishing Syracuse's offensive line. But I bet it won't get to seven sacks that it was last week. I would say it's like five or six sacks and Pitt is disruptive in a lot of other plays too. So just because the over-under is so high, I will take the under. I'm going to double down with you. I will also take that under. And I I don't think it's going to be some macho performance out of the offensive line. I just think they're going to see a lot of the same things that we saw. Hey, Tommy, just get that ball out a little bit quicker. If it's not there, throw it away. Maybe look for a second option once or twice. Because that's if you let this pit team really apply the pressure on you, we've got zero chance to win. So I'm with you. I'm going to go with the under on this. I I still think it'll be an uncomfortable total of sacks that we'll see in this game maybe it'll be like five or six like you said but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna join you under the seven and a half next up we've got taj harris he had 15 targets a week ago you've set the number at 12 and a half this week what do you like i'm gonna go under again i think deep down devito's been following that everyone was bringing up the first read problem i'm sure the coaches i'd hope mentioned it during the practice so i think he's gonna make a conscious effort to get other players involved, and hopefully he looks more at Anthony Queeley, Courtney Jackson. Hey, maybe we use the tight end room. That'd be great. Nikeem Johnson. Yeah, Nikeem. I mean, I I would like to see some Ed Hendricks. I was a little bummed that we didn't see a ton of him in the first game, but whatever you got to do to just get more guys involved, maybe get Jordan in the passing game because we know he can be a threat. I would say slightly the under. I'm sure Taj will still probably lead the team in targets, but I think he'll take a dip after week one i'm with you once again i I think the tight ends get a little more involved in this game some stuff over the middle with them use their bodies especially in the red zone i'd like to see a lot of that so i'm also going to go under and also i mean 
there there were some chemistry issues between Taj and yeah. Tommy. So may, maybe that comes in into play a little bit for this upcoming week as well. All right, we're going to we're going to double back on this one here from a week ago. First Syracuse touchdown of the season. Who's it going to be? We've got <laughs> oh, Jawar Jordan at plus 185, Markenzie Pierre plus 210, Taj Harris plus 350, Aaron Hackett plus 400, DeVito to run one in plus 600. No touchdown at plus 650. How about that? And then Anthony Queeley plus 700, Luke Benson plus 750, and the field at plus 800. Yeah, you can see I made some tweaks there. I bumped no touchdown up, which is a sad state of affairs. That should always be the least likely option for any football team. Can I throw another name out there that... Yeah, because uh, he's it. in the field right now, and I don't think he should be in the field. Uh, let me throw Nikeem Johnson in there at plus 500. Oh, okay, yeah. I kind of. Cool I keep forgetting Nikeem. I just forgot about him when we were. Yeah, we, we can throw a Nikeem in there. I, I'm guessing you're going to lean that way now <laughs> after you set your own personal. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't think I am going to go with him, but okay. I, I think that his name should be out there. Yeah, no, you're right. That That's a fair one for sure. I, I put Quilly in there, so I should put Nikeem. I kind of blanked on that. All right, I would say, hmm. I'll go Tosh Harris, kind of against what I just said, but I think he breaks free, and I think there's matchups to be had at the cornerback spot, and also, I just don't think Syracuse is going to run it up the middle for a two-yard touchdown run, based on what we saw last year for that first score, or last week, I should say, considering that this is going to be an even tougher matchup against Pitt. We did not see any rushing success on first down when they didn't even know that we were running necessarily. If it's first and goal from the one, I'd be hesitant to just give it to Markenzie Pierre or Jawar Jordan and put him up the middle because the battle of the trenches would be so much in favor of Pitt. So I'll say their first touchdown is maybe late in the game. Taj Harris breaks free on like a 30-yard touchdown where there's just a defensive lapse. Here's what I got here, all right? I'm going to go a little a little off of probably what some people are thinking here, but I'm going to go near the end of the first quarter, maybe early second quarter. I'm going to go with a Tommy DeVito touchdown run. At oh, you're plus taking what I did last week. I'll be so because bummed now a, if that hits. He came close. Remember, he came close. He was, he was barely tripped up yeah. at about the, oh, the three-yard line, and then they couldn't punch it in. But I'm going to go with the Tommy DeVito touchdown run in this one. Because I also think, too, I would not be surprised to see them go for it a little more on fourth down because, again, kind of like last week, you're not going to win this game with field goals. You you need to punch that ball into the end zone. Those red zone efficiency numbers need to be at that 75% that we like they to see. They can only go up. The so. total <laughs> points, yeah. So, all right. Speaking of total points, Syracuse over under 17 and a half this week as a team total. How many points will Syracuse score? 17 and a half. What's your number? I'm going right off Vegas on this one. That's the number they gave me, and I love it. I'm going to take the under. I I know some people listening are going to be honest. Like, we're too down on this team. We're too down on them going into this week. But they scored six points last week, and this is a tougher matchup for them in terms of the pass rush. So I'm going to take the under. I'm with you, too. I think this is probably a 10-point effort out of the orange in this one. They do get that touchdown, that Tommy DeVito touchdown run, and then Andre Schmidt will get them another field goal. All right. Here's our fun one for the week. Will, friend of the podcast, Zach Mahoney, who played in that historic, historic 71 or 76 to 61 scoring output, whatever it was, (laughs) uh, an absurd number of points. 
Will his name be mentioned? Again, no highlights. That that doesn't count. Will we hear the name Zach Mahoney on the broadcast? I'm setting yes at plus 250, no minus 300. Well, they should mention his name, and they should give Locked On Syracuse credit because, remember, we discovered that he may or may not have been hungover during that historic performance. And if you missed that interview, it's a fun one. Go back and check it out. We've got a lot of good interviews. So if you're new to the podcast, I know we haven't been doing a ton of guests lately because we've been busy getting ready for the season. But, I mean, we had Sterling Hoffrichter, Eric Devendorf, Demetrius Nichols, Justin Lampson, the quarterback recruit, was on the show. I'm sure you can find it by just searching in the uh, podcast feed. But anyway, to get to the actual prop, I will say yes, because I think it's going to be fun to hope and root for that. And the odds are pretty good there. So if they show the highlights and he's Doesn't running count. it in, I mean, but yeah, you'd imagine his name. Yeah. Like it, it's Chris Cotter calling the game. I, I, that, I don't know if that impacts my decision. Not a huge fan of his, honestly, but that's neither here nor there. I'm going to say yes. Zach Mahoney's name is mentioned. I'm with you. I'm going to go yes as well at the plus 250. By the way, what is your most notable hungover achievement? Oh, gosh. I have Zach no Mahoney's, idea. I think, has got to be putting up 61 points on the road. Yeah, that's on the Mount Rushmore, maybe. I mean, I don't know how you top that if you're Zach Mahoney. What's yours? I, I can't even... I, I took a, a test in college. I took a test, and uh, I think I got a B plus. That's pretty good. There you go. Yeah. Keeping so. that... That Syracuse education going strong for you, walking in a test hungover. That's good. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> hey, I, I'm sure I wasn't alone in that room, too. It was a no, sports management no. test. So, uh, yeah, I, I took a test hungover. But you've got nothing. So you you if you're, if you're feeling a little throb in the head in the morning, you're not getting anything done that day. Well, I'll tell you what. If Syracuse loses by, like, 40, maybe I'll test that theory out and just get <laughs> get really drunk because I, I go, can't go, take another go get an performance. Ace. Yeah, like you, you've never, week. like, gone out and, and shot, like, a, a 67 after— Oh, uh, I cannot play golf drunk or hungover. <laughs> that is— yeah, it can't happen. If I get drunk, all my feels are off. I start jacking putts like ten feet by, like those Love little it. like forty, fifty yard wedge shots. Oh, they're it's a nightmare. I've learned that. Now part. I know. How, now I know how to play against you. All right, you're, yeah. you're, I'm just gonna get you drunk. On it's weird. Some people sometime. are better because they're just more freed up, and it's such a mental yeah. thing. But I've never been that way for whatever reason. All right. Next up, we're going to get into the, the game spread and the total. Syracuse coming into this one, the final number it's landing on, it appears to be, is 21.5. The orange plus 21.5 on the road. What do you like? Hmm. Okay. I'm going to take Syracuse to cover again. And the reason why is I, I don't think Pitt's offense is going to be totally clicking on all cylinders. I think it's going to be another ugly game. My score prediction here is 24-10. to 10. Pittsburgh wins this game by 14, but I say that, and the 14-point margin, I think, will be like Syracuse was never really in this game. I don't want that to be misleading. They might get a late touchdown or something to make it look better. I just think Pitt's offense, this is their first real test, and while they do have some tape now on Syracuse, it's a new defense that they've never gone against, and... It's different than Austin P, but I don't see Syracuse scoring points, so I can't go much higher than 14 points for Pitt winning. Yeah, I'm going to take Syracuse to cover in this one too, but I'm taking it off the hook. I'm going to say it's a 31-10 game just because I think we might see a lot like last week, some Pitt scoring late. I think this game's going to feel a lot closer than the 21-point margin of victory for Pitt, but 
I'm going to say Syracuse covers off the hook there, and it's going to be like last week where we see the scoring late because guess what? The defense just going to be gassed, fatigued, and really they, they're going to need to be in midseason shape. I think, and the defensive line for Pitt just going to be too much. And based off of both of our score predictions, we're taking the under 50. I know that total has moved down too, so maybe you want to get on that under of 50 because there, as much as we like to to pump up the tires of the Pitt defense, the Syracuse defense is not bad either. So no, maybe this will be a different some test. Turnovers, right? Yeah. Very different from a week ago. All right, that's going to do it for the preview podcast here for the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We're getting you ready for pits, so thanks so much for checking this out. You miss any of our other stuff throughout the week, be sure to scroll through our podcast feed because we put a bunch of stuff out there that we saw from a week ago that we want to see change for this week, most notably some deep dives into the offensive line and Tommy DeVito. So go check that out wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, all that good stuff. We're praying we're wrong this week, Tim. We're praying we're wrong. We we're always for are. That Syracuse victory. <laughs> so we will talk to you guys this week, this upcoming week. We cannot wait to break down this pit game, hopefully with some happy faces. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Oh.